The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Love Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me is co-host, as always, we got Fishing Rick. How are you, mate? Mate, how are you? Good, buddy. Yourself? Oh, fantastic. Very excited. I want to be here. Bring it Let's on. Let's go. Bring it Bring on. Bring it on. And back on the podcast for the first time in a long time is Noobzor. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. You say long time. It took me a while to get onto Skype tonight. <laughs> they make it hard doing this yeah. bloody update thing. Ridiculous. Especially when you can't remember the password to the email address you used. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, how are we feeling, boys, about this one? Depressed. I, Depressed. I am extremely nervous. Extremely nervous. Oh, it's just, you know, it's just exciting for me. I've never been to a Port Adelaide final before. It's in my hometown. I've got a bunch of Freo supporters baying for blood. Yep. Oh, I love it. This is going to be great. Are we going to be uh, making history or are we going to be making up the numbers, you reckon? Numbers. Numbers? Numbers. I'm going history for one more week. I, do, I, I'm, I mean, as much as I hate, I'm not confident, but we're a definite chance this week. But, yeah, after that, who knows? Yep. The stats are against us, boys. It is. Have a look. Have a look at. Um, I mean, REH has put a whole heap of stats up this week, and thanks mm. for that. And uh, but I mean, I even think when we bombed out in '02 and '03, when we uh, we lost the first final, and I think Essendon twice had to come over for the for the week two knockout final, and and each time they were talked up, and you know, and then they fell forty points short, and. I guess it's just a, a hard journey, you know, to do it. And mm. only two teams have done it out of, what, 28 attempts. So, uh, you know, the statistics just is really against us. And what worries me even more is the fact that I think North Melbourne can beat Geelong. So I'm mm. really praying for a Geelong win on Friday night. Mm. Look, I'm... Pretty optimistic, to be honest. I'm I'm relatively confident about this one, but I'm also realistic in knowing that we are up against it, as you said. You know, we're up against it in terms of our record at Subi against Frio in recent years. It's not all that good, um, and we're up against it in the uh, in terms of the history of elimination finalists going through to the prelim. You know, as you said, it's only happened twice in 15 years, um, which was 2001 uh, where Hawthorne beat us um, at Footy Park. And also 2007, where Collingwood beat uh, West Coast in extra time. Yeah, I, I'm sort of looking at this week in isolation um, rather than looking at stats from history and that sort of thing. And, you know, round 23 here, apart from a 20, 30-minute period, we were, all, we were right in the game. And if not for that, we would have won it. And, you know, we've, we've matched up okay against Fremantle in recent times. And from what I saw live last time we were here, um, I think we're a good chance this week. Yeah. Do we deserve to be more confident than uh, than we're sounding at the moment? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think we do because, as you said, we were we were right in that game a couple of weeks ago, and it was only a twenty minute period, which was the worst twenty minutes we've played all season, arguably for the last two seasons, um, which really let us down. And I can't see that 
um, that streak happening again this week. Yeah, I mean, look, I guess the the, the additional part for my morbid beginning is, I guess, Theo <laughs> is a bloody good team, right? And they need to be respected for for the great team that they are. But I mean, agree with uh, Noobzar if we if we look at it in isolation. And if I take the stats and previous history out of it, I'm actually quite optimistic um, from that regard because Ballantyne being out is a uh, is a great out or a omission for us. Um, struggling to think that Barlow is going to be 100% fit, which is again is going to be a massive advantage to us. I thought um, Johnson last game really messed with our structure, even though he was a cripple. Um, up forward so him being out is another advantage for us and I think another major advantage more so and I've had this debate during the week with the Frio supporters is the fact that we sort of had a trial one run two weeks ago and came up short but um, I think our our younger players and the younger team uh, should be able to take advantage of the fact that we came there and learn a lot from that and it's in our recent memory so we can take it away we should have ground conditions, crowd conditions, all familiar to us, and and be pretty confident. Yeah, and and touching on that, um, you know, the the noises coming out of the club was that we did have a heavy training training load uh, midway through the season, and you know you can't help but think that maybe after that they've been building for this game, not just this game because we wouldn't have known who we were playing, but we're building for this point in the season. Um, and also, you mentioned Valentine being out. Uh, from you know being live at the game in round 23 he was the one in that 20 minute period that just got went he went nuts and it wasn't particularly Jarman Impey's fault um you know Ballantyne was on the end of some good footy and he was the one that really you know lifted the free side in that time period well that's it I mean well what needs to change from two weeks ago for us to win the game I just you can't switch off uh, a side like Frio. They're so ruthless and so pressuring that you switch off for even a couple of minutes and the runs against you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a bit of a, a media tryhard here, but um, <laughs> Brereton really banged on about it in the game, and I, I thought it was very apt. Was you know how he was talking about our defensive anchor, um, you know, and I but Frio really exposed us with not having that anchor player or a goalkeeper, so to speak, in between them running into goals. And um, and we really got sucked high up the ground. Uh, and as we commented in the review, um, they really did well in taking uh, Jackson out of the play uh, for a significant amount of it. So his influence was really down. So um, if we can have our defensive structure like we did with uh, Richmond, where it was a lot more organised, um, and maybe not get sucked up and have that, uh, player maybe set closer to their goals 20 or 30 metres to at least stop that open run because that, that killed us, their transition into open goals. And uh, that was the, in the at the end of the game, that was the killer and that was what resulted in their, in their nine-goal run against us. So to me, that's probably one of the most important parts that we need to take out of that game. Well, I think Cam O'Shea is going to help with that because that's his natural style of play, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, and O'Shea in for Jarman Impey just changes the look of our side completely. Well, that's the advantage of having Ballantyne out, I guess. We don't even have, or the coaches don't even have to consider maybe that Impey uh, uh, exchange because uh, what we've got, Walters, who's a fantastic player himself, but 
you know, we don't, their second small forward isn't going to obviously be of the calibre of, uh, of what Ballantyne is. Yep. No, that's right. Well, look, for me, uh, the things that need to change, I guess number one for me is forward line efficiency. Um, last time we met, uh, we had more inside 50s, more clearances, more marks inside 50, but we just couldn't convert our chances. And, you know, we could have and, and should have really found ourselves four or five goals up during that second or third quarter. Mm. Oh, without a doubt. And there was one moment, um, they showed it pre-game for the Frio-Sydney game, um, where we'd, we'd had the footy in our attacking 50 for a couple of minutes and we're kicking behind after behind and then Freo went coast to coast and it resulted in a Walters goal and, you know, it was just gutting. Yeah, it's happened a few times this year. It happened against uh, Collingwood and, and Essendon and Adelaide as well. Um you know, if if we do manage to to win the ball out of the middle, and that's another thing, is centre clearances, especially at the uh, after goals, um, which again is something that we've struggled with this year. But um, if we can actually win them, or or at least get um, on an even keel um, with Sanderlands in that area, if we do do find ourselves inside fifty, we've just got to got to kick goals this week. We've got no choice. Yeah, you mentioned centre clearances, and I was really a big fan of the way Sydney set up um, against Frio last weekend. And um, the ABC grandstand coverage had Taj Canelli as a um, special comments guy. And he was talking about how against Sandilands, they just zoned. They didn't play man-on-man. They didn't worry about where they were running. They just zoned around the stoppage. And, um, you know, they had a man behind the play, which was McVeigh last week. And they were pretty much banking on the ball going any direction and you just cover all points. Yep. Well, look, I mean, Lobie's going to be coming up against it, isn't he? I mean, we've spoken about it a few times about playing against the taller, um, the taller Rutman and uh, we need to uh, be a little bit creative with our plays a few times during the season. We've felt like we've been exposed um, against some of the teams in relation to our, uh, Senate clearances, and this is one game where it's going to be fundamentally important. But I guess what's really going to deliver that for us is actually our, our attack at the body and the ball, like we did last week. Yeah, well, look, Lobie had a good first half uh, a couple of weeks ago. He had a really good first half against Santa Lands and then really fell out of the game quite dramatically um, through that spell where they just kept winning the ball time and time again out of the middle, and, and we can't allow that to happen this week. Um, look, if Loby can break even or even get the better of Sanderlands this week, it'll probably be the best game he's ever played. Yeah, and um, I think one big advantage of O'Shea is that even if it's just for a couple of minutes, um, last time we played Frio, Trengove obviously got dragged deep and wasn't as effective. But, you know, O'Shea is someone that could play taller just for a couple of minutes, and that gives us the advantage of running Trengo for the ruck and seeing if he can jump over the top and, you know, spark the game alight as he has done in the ruck in the past. Yep. We also shouldn't forget while we're talking about midfield that they've got an 8-5 coming back into the side too, which is a, mm. a massive get uh, for them. And uh, and he did well uh, against us at Adelaide Oval. So uh, he's definitely a player uh, that we're going to have to look at. Well, who do you guys think... Um, is going to be the match-up there. It's hard to say. I, I think uh, we might see Ebert go up against him um, in a bit of a, a a similar role to what he did against Kennedy, I, I would hope. I mean, Fife had 34 touches and two goals at Adelaide Oval earlier this year, so he just absolutely killed us. 
um, it, it's really hard to see where we're going to be able to stop him, especially considering um, Barlow and Mundy are both in the side as well. And, and we've been tagging Stephen Hill, which is, has been a um, something that we've been doing well um, in recent times with Kane Corns. Um, so I'd probably like to see Ebert go up against Fife, to be honest. Yeah, I'd go Ebert as well. The the guy's a freak. He is. I mean, he's such a strong, contested inside player, but he just runs. He gets around the ground. He creates options. He's so tall and strong marking. Um, we don't have a player like him. If I was to pick a no. player, it would probably be Andrew Moore, but you wouldn't play him on five in a final. No. He's, Moore seems to be too slow for me to play on uh, Fifey, and I reckon Fife would just run off him and bloody burn him. Yeah, I don't like Andrew Moore as a tagger at all. No. It's uh, it's not worked numerous times. <laughs> mm. So I, I would mm. not like to see that at all. But yeah, look, Ebert, maybe Ollie Wine, someone like that. I think yeah. I think Fife, you're not, we're not going to be able to stop him completely. So I don't think you're going to run a tag on him. You're just going to put someone like Ebert, someone like Wines, and just say, go head to head and, you know, play like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> Well, that's pretty much what Luke Parker did last week. He he's kept at him at the stoppages, and they probably broke even there, but I thought Parker beat him quite convincingly around the ground. Mm. It's, and, gonna you know, be... it's a final. It's do or die. You're going to have to roll the dice on yep. playing someone like Ebert on Fife and hoping that you come out on top. Mm. It's just I don't think we've got another matchup other than, and, than Ebert. Um, and like you said, I, I think what we do is just go head to head, but obviously you just become really accountable um, forward of centre and uh, and make sure it's a harder lockdown tag forward of centre and uh, and go head to head outside of that. Yeah, and, well, and I, just hope, well do we maybe look at, um, at Tommy Jonas? Because he's got exactly the height, he's got the fitness, he's got the strength to go with Nat Fife. Well, I'd say if, yeah. if Fife is forward of centre, Jonas has got him. Yep. Has he got the speed? Oh, I, I think Jonas is deceptively quick. And he's not a mm. player that relies on speed anyway, I don't think. Mm. No, I mean, that, that's a good call. And I'm sure they'll probably cross paths at, at some stage. Maybe we need Tommy G to give him a, uh, Tommy J to give him a shirt front. That'd be nice. Hey? <laughs> a league shirt. Until we win and Tommy Jonas doesn't play against Hawthorne. <laughs> Well, look, bring in Kane Mitchell. You've got one job this week, Kane. I don't think Kane could do that. Sorry, Kane. No. He, he wouldn't be able to reach. Off him. Yeah. <laughs> He'd just bounce off. But, uh, look, I mean, there's there's just fantastic uh, matchups all through the midfield. I mean, obviously Crowley's going to go to Travis Boat. You would think so again, yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's going to be a great battle. I like that. If I was to pick any player in our team... If we were to come in and say you can pick who Crowley tags, it would be Travis Boak because he's the player that would work his absolute best and do everything to break that tag and break the game open. Yeah. So how do we stop the nine the nine goal run? I mean, it hasn't happened to us very often this season. Um, does it all just come down to the the midfield, or you know, do the, does the team overall need to be a little bit more switched on? Um, it was a pretty disappointing 30-minute performance, I thought, from our boys last time we were over there. Well, I think it's, yeah, as you said, midfield's probably the main part. I mean, we just can't allow them to, 
to waltz out of the center square as they were. Um, and also our positioning down back has to be better. And it was all their, um, all their smalls in that nine goal run that kicked all the goals. Like none of their tolls kicked goals. Mm. Um, so Ballantyne out is a, is a big bonus for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely to do with positioning, to do with structure. As you said before, we've got to make sure we keep our structures. If we need to play um, someone in that sort of anchor role, then, you know, if it's Cam O'Shea, I've got the confidence that he can do that. If it's Broadbent, you know, he's, I think he's got to improve his positioning a bit. Because I think I've said a few times this year that Brody um, seems to play a little bit too high. Mm. And that was particularly the case last time against Freo. We got caught out because we were playing too high. Yep. Were you there, mate? I was, yep. So did Frio flood? Did you notice if Frio flooded pretty badly? Um, they did. Um, they didn't seem, they weren't pushing themselves right back. It wasn't like they were sticking everyone in our, in our 50, but they were, you know, they were defensive, definitely. I just wonder if we have to be a little bit smart. And even though we fell in love with the, the barrage of play against Richmond, um, you know, is this a game where maybe we need to try and look at controlling the tempo at times as well um, and using a bit of, bit more precision passing and, and holding the ball and instead of just running and bombing it long? Is that sort of maybe playing into uh, uh, Fremantle's hands a little bit as well? Well, the big, the big issue that we, the board came up with when we had that period in the middle of the season where we were struggling was that we didn't know how to play tempo footy. Um, and I think Freo, you know, if they're getting the run on like they did against us last time, if things are going against us, I think, and Subi being a big oval and there's a chance to do that, I think we are at some stage going to have to just concede that we're going to have to slow it up a little bit. So who's... Who's more important for us this game? Last week, pre-game, I called our small forwards had to do the damage for us and and they delivered, uh, kicking plenty of goals. Is it this week more our tools that are going to be the, the decider in the game or is it going to be our smaller players? For me, I think it's going to have to be our tolls. I mean, Jay Schultz on Zach Dawson, Westhoff on Silvani, whether you swap them around or not, um, you know, I, th- I think it's them that are going to have to kick some goals again this week. I mean, we know that Schultz had a bag last time they met. Um, I think they're going to have to kick sort of six to eight goals between them again um, if we're going to win this game. Mm. Um, I, I wrote down when Macca told me time to stand up was one of the um, categories we were talking about. I just All I've got written down is team defense. Um, we're going to have to not lose our structure. We're going to have to not get sucked into whatever game Freo is playing. We just have to play the game on our terms. Interesting. I think it's the tools too, boys, this week. I mean, obviously, we still need the, uh, the, the our small players to be influential, and I, I think it was very refreshing to see Mumphrey's probably have his best game in, uh, in a couple of months last week. So that sort of uh, gave me a bit more confidence as well. Um, but, yeah, I think... We, we need Trengo influencing more of the play than what he did last game. Um, so hopefully he can uh, he can be in the right positions. Um, and like you said earlier, Noobs, uh, we need him in the ruck uh, as an option uh, for Lobie uh, and to provide that bit of variation uh, which Ken relies on in the midfield where it's not about winning the ball, but it's just providing a contest and providing something different. So 
Um, yeah, our tour and obviously Jay Schultz and Westy, we need them to influence the scoreboard as well. And hopefully Schultz, he can back up his six goals that he kicked two weeks ago. And I, and I guess the other positive for us as well is um, dry pitch. So uh should suit our game plan. Yeah, it'll be a bit of a different game to last time. Um, and once again, as you said, with uh, Trengove having to play a bit more in the ruck, Cam O'Shea coming in is perfect for this. Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, I'm a big fan of Cam O'Shea. Um, sometimes you would think not. Hopefully his tackling's up to speed. Didn't have to really notice that as an observation against uh, uh, Richmond. But, uh, yeah, if we can get his interception marking uh, going strong and hopefully... Uh, um, yeah, we're going to have uh, are we going to have Tom Jonas as the as the third man? Do we need that third man floating defender? I think you do in in front of someone like Pavlich. Yeah. Well, their young fella last game really exposed us as well. I mean, that was one of, that was probably one of the other comments I remember making. Now is we seem to we were tactically outdone by Ross Lyon's box. Um, where he was able to create plenty of mismatches throughout the whole game. So we didn't have the right defenders on the correct forwards. Um, so that's something we really need to look at in the box. And this is where I think this two-week turnaround um, is to our advantage because it will be so fresh in their minds um, what happened two weeks ago that they should be able to make those corrections quite quickly. Well, I mean, we have to do more, as you said, Macca, from what you said earlier. We dominated the inside 50 count last game against them. Um, and we really, and I'm pretty sure from memory, our marks inside 50 as well. I'm stalling as I go to the stats. Um, but uh, we, we, yeah, didn't we, killed yeah. Yeah, we didn't really take advantage uh, of those inside 50s. And that's what made me sort of suggest do we need to be a bit more clever uh, with our play in relation to maybe holding the ball um, compared to the run and gun all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be such a completely different game this week to last week. And I'm, I'm assuming that the boys are obviously are aware of that. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking for the hardness at the body. If we, I mean, that was probably, and I think that's probably something our players showed last week that they didn't show against Frio two weeks ago. And, I, and someone like Jake Need, I thought he got exposed a little bit against Frio with their attack at the body. But it, it was almost like he learnt from what they did to him the week before and executed it perfectly against Richmond. Yep. Well, look, I think Frio's the perfect opponent this week because I reckon the club will be pretty dirty on how they performed against Frio. Um, they'll be pretty dirty on that uh, nine-goal run and they won't be. they'll be making sure that that doesn't happen again. I have confidence. As I said, I'm optimistic about this one. Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got confidence that they won't score nine goals in a row to yeah. us. Um, that's that's definitely a positive. I mean, I guess we re do we need to have the same store, sort of start? Do we do we need to be around the mark at half time? Obviously, it's a, it's the most stupid question I reckon I can ever ask. Um, but uh, I mean, can we afford to go? four or five goals down early and think that we can claw our way back into the game. I um, I, I think the difference is, I mean, we went into quarter time, half time in the game last time we played them, but we wasted so many opportunities. I think yep. if we played the same way we played in the last half last time, but kick straight, 
I mean, we're two or three, four goals up at half time, and it's a completely different game from there. Yep. Is it yep. to our advantage that Zach Dawson didn't get reported? Well, if he if he went, what else do they have in terms of key position defenders? Mm. So, do you boys rate him as a key key position defender? Not he's, overly. I think he works he well in a team. He's good when he handballs. Yeah. <laughs> he knows his role well. Yep. So who are who are their danger players then outside of Fife and Sanderlands? Well, they got heaps. <laughs> they got Ibbotson. They've got uh, you know they've got Stephen Hill. If he gets off the leash a little bit, um, then look out. You know they've got Pavlich. You know Zach Clark can take a good mark up forward. Daniel Pierce has had a pretty dirty run the last few weeks, so he'll be looking at uh, making amends, especially against us. Mm. What about and Lockie yep. Neal? I mean, Lockie Neal's, you know, he's one that uh, always seems to fly under the radar, but he seems to get thirty touches every week. I um, I would, I would go, I would back Wines head to head against Neal. Yep. Well, that... He's got the height and uh, and the strength to um to match him in that area for sure. Is that the Ollie Wines that couldn't even make the the best twenty two of under twenty twos in the AFL oh. competition? I, I haven't looked at the side. I read that Wines wasn't in it and just didn't give it time of day. <laughs> yeah, well, Lockie Neal had, what, 34 disposals against us last game, 17 contested yep. and, and 17 uncontested possessions. So he was really a, a an influential link man. And, uh, I mean, he dominated, I think, the first and third quarters, didn't he, Macca? Do you remember? Um, uh, he did, yep. And, right. uh, you know, we sort of shifted someone on him and then took him off. And, but he still did the hard stuff as well with five tackles and some one percenters. So he, uh, look, and their height and their, their midfield as well is, is really a bit of an issue for us, you know, with Mundy and Barlow and, uh, and Fife. And, I mean, at least we're not the dwarfs that sometimes we think we are in the midfield. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. Yep. Look, let's go into our four questions. Time to stand up. Noobs or mate, I'll start with you with this one. Um, I've got team defense. Um, against Richmond, it was the best structure we have played all season, and it was a welcome return to it. And I think we just got to back that against Frio. Um, if they're trying to suck us up, we just keep doing our structures. We don't follow them up. We don't play their game. We play our game. Yep. I like that, Rick. I'm going to go with uh, Dermy's the anchor and uh, and Jacko Trengove, who might not be the anchor, but I uh, I want to see us have a better uh, defensive uh, setup and also I want to see Jackson really influencing the play because he's so important to us and I thought he was uh, he was missing uh, last game and it might not have been any fault of his own. So, uh, but if we can see great influence from him in the ruck and also in defence, uh, that's going to probably be. Uh, uh, one of the keys for us to win. Without a doubt. Uh, for me, time to stand up. It's got to be our starting midfield. You know, they did a great job for a half in round 23, uh, but they need to be really switched on all game this time round. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty hard on Lobie because he's had such a bloody good season, um, but he just needs to find a way to compete for all four quarters this time against Sandy, um, just as he did against Marich last week. Um, if we can compete in the centre clearances and give ourselves a, a bit of a chance... Um, to get some momentum going, um, then it's going to be a much better result to round 23, I think. Mm. Exciting. Absolutely. Uh, the Danger Man, Rick. The Danger Man. Oh, 
like we just said, who do you, which one do you want to pick out? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick out the name, a name out of the hat, and go uh, Fife because we seem to struggle with a, an ideal matchup for him, and uh, and he's going to be champing at the bit, especially after winning the players MVP. I mean, he's going to be on an emotional high now, isn't he? Um, yep. So, uh, but seriously, he's a he's such a gun player and. Uh, contributes so much to that team and and I, I, the worry from for me with him is probably forward offensively so we've really got to make sure we can lock him down once he gets into that inside uh, forward 50 for sure noobs uh i've gone garrick ibbotson um i think the way that our forward line is structured he's going to be the one that's um, left as a man behind the ball. Um, it was either him or Duffield, and I think Duffield's a logical matchup for Monfries. Um, so I think he's going to be the one playing a bit loose, getting to contests, chopping off leads, and taking intercept marks. And I think if we can somehow get around him, get over him, get short of him, um, I think that's going to go a long way to us winning. Look, for me, uh, the danger man, I'm going to say Lockie Neal, just because he had such a bloody good game last time around. He had a very good game in round eight as well. Um, you know, he's a contested winning machine. He's very quick. He can kick goals. Um, you know, we just got to find a way to uh, to stop that sort of player this week. And we got to just back, and our players have to back themselves in. Yeah, I, I, when I think of Lockie Neal, I don't think we're gonna, you know, we're not gonna shut him down. But I think we're gonna put someone like Wines on him. And I think if it's not so much as shutting Neil down, but beating Neil's influence. So if we can get someone like Wine that has more influence on the contest than Neil, um, I think that's going to be a win. Yep, absolutely. Well, look, the key to winning, noobs? Uh, hitting the scoreboard. If we have the same first half we have last time and manage to hit the scoreboard and go in, you know, up, I think that's going to go a long way to winning. Yep. Good luck absolutely. editing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon... Uh... Yeah, as I've been banging on, it's going to be our defensive structure and not letting them uh, have 15 shots in uh, at goal through uh, just running into an open goal via transition. So um, we definitely lost our um, forward defensive pressure in that second half. It was noticeably efficient in the first half and we really forced Frio wide and really uh, made them struggle uh, to get avenues to goal. Um, so we need the defensive structure of the forward line and the midfield and obviously um, the defence being structured upright and that will be our key to winning. Defence. Nice. For me, it is. it all comes down to belief. You know, I think we need to have faith in our game style. Um, that we want to play and, and that it is actually good enough to beat Fremantle, um, as we proved earlier this year. We need to have faith in our teammates and providing support for them all across the ground. Um, you know, the coaching group needs to have faith in themselves um, and their judgment on when to pull the trigger on some on-field changes, where I think they, uh, they may have been a little bit unsure last time. Um, and we just can't get left behind um, if Frio get momentum this time. So for me, it's all about belief in being brave. We've got to take the game on, hit the Dockers hard, and I think we'll come out on top. So do any of you think we can have a, a blessed first quarter run similar to the Richmond game? Well, our, our first quarter against Fremantle last time was yeah. excellent. It was outstanding. We nearly, we nearly did. We, <laughs> we all... had a kick straight. Yeah, we were all over him that whole first quarter. We just didn't put it on the scoreboard. Yep. So that's a yes. 
That's a yes. That's I'm not yes. saying we're going to have a 49 to 7, but I mean, I wonder if we could possibly maybe have a uh, a 30 point to 12 quarter or, or something on those lines. I would love to see us three goals up a quarter time. That's exactly yeah. the that's exactly what I was about to say. Three goals up, you yeah. Put the pressure on. Good work. So who's going to win, boys? I'm going Port. Like By it. how much? much? Uh, between two and three goals. It'll be close. Nice. Rich? Good work. Uh, I've been morbid and depressed the whole episode. I'm going to say uh, Port by 25 points. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, oh, I don't, seriously, it's only the stats that's bringing me down. I actually think that we can actually um, win this game. And I'm, that's no disrespect to Frio at all because, I mean, they're a fantastic side. But I just think I've been seduced by our late season form and what we're able to do. And, uh, and I, I really think, Playing there two weeks ago is going to be a huge, huge advantage for us. Stats in isolation, I guess, Rick. That's it. It's I guess if the thing with the stats are that every every year this same sort of thing happens where one of the elimination finalists has a pretty good win um, and everyone jumps on the bandwagon. One of the qualifying finalists has a, a bit of a disappointing loss and everyone says, oh, they're going to go out in straight sets yeah. and then they still win by five or six goals anyway. So yeah. I guess well, that's coming, the thing. Coming into this week of finals, North would be a better chance than we are like across the football community. You're not looking at it as a Port Adelaide supporter. I mean, North would be a better chance. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd be, I'd be loving it if we were playing Geelong this week, to be honest. Mm, um, but we're not, but mm. uh, I guess saying that it's been common commentary in the media this week that um, we've almost been a top four side that's finished fifth. And I guess, and that is true to a degree um, and it's our own fault that we're not in the top four in the first place. So I guess that also adds to the allure of us potentially uh, being able to knock them off. Mm. Well, look, me, I uh, we all know the stats surrounding the elimination final winners progressing through to the prelim final, but I think we're up against it. I think we know this. Um, I think we're going to give an incredibly good account of ourselves. I think we've got the team, the structures, the game style to win this game. Um but I just think Frio at their home ground, they're going to be a bit too strong. Um, and I'm going to say Frio by seven points. I won't boo you this week, mate. All right. Yeah, no. I think, I think if we all believe in um, stats and fate and, and everything else, I think we really, really need to barrack for Geelong this week as Port supporters <laughs> just to give us... <laughs> That extra percentage chance probability that we might be able to beat Frio. Yeah. Yep. And we are, we are out of the two teams, Port and Frio, we are the team under less pressure. Look, let's uh, talk about the SANFL quickly. It's Port versus South Adelaide as a preliminary final. Uh, last time we met was in round 15, uh, where we lost by 17 points down at uh, Arctic Park, down in Norlunga there. Last time we met in a final was the 2006 elimination final, where we were around about 40 points up and lost by 16. Uh, Bobby Carlisle was actually best on ground for South that day. Did a fantastic job on Clive Waterhouse. Um, how do we see this one panning out? Good game. Good game. South were fantastic last week. They were? So... Yep. Um, 
got to give them a bit of kudos there, and we were pretty poor. Mm. And uh, I know I um, I'm a little bit worried that uh, our boys they still look a little bit flat and inconsistent. So uh, I think if they're not on their A game, and we're going to obviously lose three key players as emergencies um, to the Frio game, I'm, I'm assuming they're not going to be able to fly back in time. So that's going to really put a dent in our in our depth of team as well, I would imagine. I think it's a pretty late game, isn't it? I know, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. They've named um, Kane Mitchell. They've named Jarman Impey. Um, they've named Aaron Young. Butcher's back in, which is fantastic, as is Cam Hitchcock. You know, we're starting to get some players back in the side now. Cam will make all the difference. Mm. It's a two two forty game on Sunday, so I would say we'll lose one emergency. I don't think we'll be taking three emergencies to Perth. So do you think John Butcher will be all right? What do we? I would hope so. He's named in the side. I, I would expect him to. Um, I would expect him to play, and I think he'll be very very important this week. Because I think structurally um, we were a little bit of a mess without him last week, and I think he adds a lot to the side. Um, I think Ruck's going to be a bit of an issue, um, which is something that's a, an issue every week, I guess, for the Maggies. But you know, Keegan Brooksby's turned into a fantastic Ruck at SANFL level, and he's got great support in Daniel Bass as well. Um, I think they rely a little bit on on Brett Eddy for goals, but uh, Sam Overall came in and, and did a pretty good job last week up forward. Um, and I think they've got three of the best mids in the league in uh, in Cross, Little and, and McLeod as well. So um, they do win a lot of the bowl. They probably overuse it a little bit south uh, for the amount of inside 50s that they actually get. Um, but, you know, they're going to be a very, very tough opponent this week. Well, we really need Andrew um, Andrew Moore, Aaron Young to uh, exert a dominant performance, I think, and Ben Newton. Um, they're, they're probably two of the key players for us in this game, yep. along with Stevie uh- Summerton. Yeah, and I think even going forward as an AFL side, I think if we were to win this week and have a couple of injuries, uh, Young and Newton would be the next in line. So I think they themselves need to be, you know, displaying pretty good form. Absolutely. There's a lot of pressure on spots, I would think. I would hope that we would have the goods to create a Port Norwood grand final, and wouldn't that be a ripper? How good would that be? (laughs) Mm. That would be fantastic. I think we're up against it. Um, I'd even think that South might start favourites, though. Um, this time around, but I guess we'll wait and see. Let's uh, fingers crossed the Maggies can get over the line. Absolutely. Are there any ex export listed players in the South or um, Norwood sides? Uh, they've got Daniel Bass. Yep, they've got Daniel Bass. Uh, I think that's it for South Adelaide. Um, they've got Fraser Dale, who did a preseason with us this year. So he's going to win. Uh, I'm going to say Port Adelaide by two points. Right. With uh, Johnny Butcher kicking a goal from the boundary, uh, Scott Hodges style, um, after the siren. Noobs? Port by 25. Right. Like it. (laughs) I'm going to go south by 17. All right, boys. Noobs all. Thanks for coming on again, buddy. No worries, thanks for having me. Uh, quick shout out, anyone listening, uh, Noobs or Show will be at the Bayswater Hotel pre-game. Nice. I think Get there's going to be about 3,000 people at the uh, Bayswater Hotel. It definitely does not fit 3,000, so this will be interesting. <laughs> <Doesn't it? laughs> I like it.
get down there, have a beer with the noobs. Exactly. Yes. Even uh, I think it was T. Cray having a whinge that it had to be close to the venue. So T. Cray, I'm expecting you to come out, brother. That's it. I Good like work. it. Enjoy. Rick, as always, Good buddy. Place. I'll be texting you uh, Saturday evening, my friend. With your thoughts? Yes. Indeed. Hopefully All right, boys. Thoughts. Go Port Adelaide. Go the power, Maggies. Can the pair. Gray was brave, running hard, more getting forward. One last chance. Boat brilliant. Wines. Monfrey's centering ball. Cassisi. You know who again. It is his birthday. Kids are freaks.